0: Welcome in to The Scoop, the number one UNC football recruiting podcast brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. Alright, welcome into The Scoop. I'm your host, Ross Martin. Uh, this is the number one UNC football recruiting podcast in the world. As always, I'm joined by Don, Donnie Scoops Callahan. The show is presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. What's up, Don?
1: Uh, not too much. Same old stuff. Things firing <laughs> back up. Last week was kind of boring because uh, UNC was on spring break, so there wasn't any visits for me. But UNC had a couple of visitors uh, this week. Going to have some visitors this weekend, which will give me plenty to do for the next few days. Uh, what about you? you? You got a little bit of a break also because of spring break and no no basketball coverage also.
0: Yeah. So what's going ba- yeah. Basketball team um, did not make the tournament. So kind of a une- unexpected in terms of, you know. We months ago, a year ago, we thought we'd be here. You know, six months ago, we I thought I'd be deep into March now, following the team around, and they didn't make the tournament, and they turned down the NIT. Um, so you know, yeah, a little weekend off, week off, and then we had spring football stuff uh, yesterday, Tuesday, with the press conferences for Mac Brown and the new, the two new kind of advisors, um, analysts, Clyde Christensen and Ted Monachino. Um, and then we'll have uh, open practice this uh, Saturday. Are you going to be at the open practice? I
1: am, as of right now. I am anticipating being there. Because I imagine there'll be a lot of recruits there, right? Or some yeah, recruits. so yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, there's 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 a lot of variables involved in these sort of decisions. But as of uh, as it stands right now, that's that's my my plan. Is it go? Can I, can I ask? And I know everyone listening to this already knows this answer, but just really quick like two sentences. What happened to UNC basketball? I didn't watch a single game or <laughs> a full game. I mean, it may have caught a couple things here and there.
0: Yeah. I mean, they were, I think, the, the second or third team left out of the tournament. So they were right on the bubble. I mean, someone argued they deserved to be in, someone argued they did not deserve to be in. Ultimately, they didn't have any big wins like any good solid wins they didn't beat the really good teams um their best win was probably virginia they lost Mm -hmm. to duke twice duke was a tournament team they lost to miami which is in the sweet 16. um you know they lost to alabama in four overtimes in portland lost to iowa state in portland those were two tournament teams so like the chances they had to get good wins they they didn't they didn't um win they they only didn't have that many bad losses either but well, they just didn't have any good wins, and then so the tournament committee, you know, prioritizes quality one win. They're Q1 wins. They called Q one wins, and they really didn't have many. Um, yeah, you know, they had a tough out of conference schedule. They they beat Michigan and you know, Ohio State, but those both those teams weren't in the tournament. And ultimately, man, this team couldn't make shots. They couldn't. They couldn't effectively score and close out games. Um, like they led in some of these games in the second half and just couldn't make shots down the stretch, couldn't close out games, couldn't maintain and extend second half leads. Um, and so those uh, ultimately resulted in, uh, I think, 13 losses. I think t- they finished 20 and 13. Um, and that was not enough to get it done. I mean, then you can get into why do they not make shots? Why do they not? um Yeah. I didn't want to go uh, so deep, but
1: I was just curious. I did my, I don't, as as I've laid out multiple times, I'm not a big um, basketball fan per se. I do like college basketball. It's just um, timing wise for me, it just doesn't work to watch it. Um, so I end up cramming the two days prior to the tournament um, for, to do, I love March Madness mm-hmm. um, cramming to do my, my bracket. Hey, you a big bracket guy. I do one or yeah, you know one or two here. Yeah, okay. I watched.
0: I did watch a lot of basketball. And we, I did too. We had brief discussions of getting together.
1: We did. I invited you over. I never got an answer. You were on the fence because of the distance that you must drive, as if you're going to Mexico. It's <laughs> it's not that far. Yeah, but... I, I
0: mean honestly, I wish I kind of thought about going over to your place earlier in the week, and and then kind of made plans to do it. Um, I'd made plans Thursday to hang out with some people. And watch the games, and then yeah, because I once I saw your setup, um, and I remembered you know obviously the multiple TV setup is key for March Madness. I was flipping yeah. back and forth. I only have one TV, but flipping back and forth, um, but yeah, I'll we'll have to do it some other time. Um, but yeah, I watch a lot of basketball Thursday, Friday. Sorry, I mean I only miss I probably missed a couple games. The night games are tough because they're they're games that start yeah. at ten
1: thirty or you know. Dude, I I ended up sleeping many i think maybe maybe every one of those nights um i end up sleeping up in the man tower <laughs> just because what would happen is it, the the last game is over like almost one you know one of my cats will come lay on top of me and i'm like ah, i'm pretty comfortable here and
0: so and i just go to sleep wife just stays downstairs
1: well i get these comments the next day or whatever or sometimes what ends up happening i'll wake up like three o'clock in the morning and be like oh, i want to go to my bed and i just hop back in the bed sort of thing i mean she knows you know she hears me yelling up here at the tv and all that i'm a big tv yeller were you making a couple bets i did not um mostly Whoa. i i only i only basically bet to uh to make it more interesting so i have a dog in the fight yeah, but yeah. when i and i had a bunch of you don't brackets. have to justify
0: it you don't have to no one no, thinks no, you're I'm de- so a degenerate I'm trying...
1: <laughs> so um for, for the tournament, I mean, I have all these brackets. One of them is with the, the, my neighborhood, and so there's a lot of bragging rights, you know, when you're walking down the street later on about this. You're going to hear about it if you have a really bad bracket. One guy just completely tanked. He's going to be hearing about it when I see him. But um, so so there's no need for me to bet because I already have a dog in each of those fights. Yeah. For the most part.
0: He's going to hear when Big Bad Don walks
1: through the That's suburbia. right. I'm going to be like, man. Man, you don't know your basketball. I don't even watch basketball, yeah. but I, I I crammed. I did cram. Man, I'm no. number one in 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 the neighborhood. Who was bracket. your final? Who was your final four in that bracket? Um, so I have um Houston winning. I have Arizona in the final four. Purdue was in my final four. They're obviously out, and I can't remember. Well, so was Arizona. You said Arizona, right? No, no Arizona. Um, Alabama. I have Alabama. Oh, okay. Alabama, Houston winning. Purdue and I can't remember who the other team was. Sorry, yeah, I'm heard.
0: Yeah, I had Duke and uh, I had Duke and Kansas, and they both lost. So there mm. is great
1: time. I mean, I, I might have th- had. No, I don't think I had Kansas. It's my. I know my my other team is is. I have three final four teams left. Can't remember who the other one was. Nice, yeah. I mean, I best.
0: I think it's the best four days of sports. Just constant, yes, nonstop. You know, from twelve on. Each, mm-hmm. every, all four days, there's there's action and some great upsets. Um, All right, we got to get to the show here. First, yeah. what what'd you have, quickly here, what did you have for breakfast, Don?
1: I want <laughs> I have, uh, I'm going to have oatmeal.
0: You haven't had I have anything not yet? E-
1: not yet, just so, coffee. Yeah, because when, when we were discussing the podcast, I had some breakfast, so I was curious, so what do you have? What did you have for breakfast? I had... <clears throat> this is going to be something weird. Yeah. It's, it's going to be some, of... like, juice, prune no. juice, and...
0: No, it's not healthy. So I had two um, English mu- two cinnamon raisin English muffins. Okay. Split in half, to kind of warmed up with a little bit of butter. Then I mm-hmm. put cream cheese on top, and I put cinnamon sugar on those. So four four halves, you know. So yeah. two total not healthy. Um, no. Then I had a juice a, a a a green juice. I have this green juice. Um, I'll grab it right here. Um, oh boy. I'm eating. I'm drinking this now. Um, It's like green juice um, powder, and you mix it Uh up. I had one of those. I had some tea that I'm drinking right here. Shout out, Joe Jock, former UNC wide receiver. Um, He sent me this mug because I was 500th follower. Mm. And then audio is going in and out here on my side. Yeah, I had some coffee, and then I had the pizza. Oh wow, that's a big breakfast. Um, but check us out, Don. We went to me and my special lady friend went to a party, the St. Patrick's Day party on man. Friday.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And there was so much food there. You would have loved it. And at the end, they they were like, Take, take all the food you want. You know, we have so much extra pizza, so much extra stuff. And I walked out of there were three pizzas. Mm. Three full pizzas. So I've all this pizza in my freezer.
1: That sounds that sounds wonderful. There you go. All right. So a lot of pizza in my
0: future. All right, let's get into the show, guys. Sorry for that. You know, it's slower time of the year. We got a little off topic there, a little basketball talk. We have probably one of the biggest shows ever um, ahead of us. Wait to oversell. We're going to hit on a lot of topics briefly. We're going to call this kind of a rapid fire. Um, we're going to talk about there's some commitments we've had since the last time we talked. There's some team news coming out of yesterday's uh, press conference. And we're going to touch on some 2024 20, recruits, uh, the quarterbacks' duration, some some of the bigger name recruits, some of the newer names that I didn't recognize. Um, you know, definitely check out Don's weekly scoops. A lot of this information is kind of generally talked about in some of those there. And then we're going to get into uh, what Don's done the last two weeks, which is looking at defensive line, uh, not only the team side of it, but then the recruiting side of it and linebacker stuff. Um same thing. Don kind of broke down the roster, the depth chart, and then how UNC is recruiting that position for the 2024 class. Sound good, Don? Sounds great. All right. So we're going to do this rapid fire. A lot of topics uh, over the next 30, 45 minutes. We'll get out of here. Um, so for those you know interested in UNC football recruiting, this will be a general overview of a lot of different stuff. Um, and the stuff you need to know for 2024 as UNC comes out of a spring break and heads um, into the remainder of spring practice and recruiting period. First, Don, what is going on right now with UNC football recruiting? Like, what in the calendar? What do we expect? Okay. Um, so, just to get set, set, set the stage.
1: So, we're in basically, I guess we'll call it the spring visits. The way that the calendar has kind of settled, ever since we have the the you know the early signing period and the official visits allowed in the summer. Now, kids are using these months to take a bunch of visits. They're using their spring break to take a bunch of visits to see spring practices, those sort of things. And those visits help them determine where they want to officially visit in June, which will obviously a lot of guys will make their decision before the end of the summer. UNC was on spring break last week, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, so they didn't host any visitors. So they began hosting again. Um, we I'm not going to mention names, although we could figure it out pretty easily, but there was an offensive lineman on campus that UNC has offered, or a lineman, I'll say, it was on campus Um Earlier this week, there'll be a bunch of guys on campus Friday, Saturday, because there's the open practice on Saturday morning. Um so so we're just, you know, basically the visit portion of the calendar, big, big unofficial visit portion of the calendar.
0: Okay. And the open practice is obviously uh Saturday for those who want to go to that, 10 AM. Um, open to all fans. I think there's like a certain gate you can go through. We'll be there. Me and Adam, Don may be there, Tommy, who knows? Um it's fun. It's pretty casual, open to fans and family. It's obviously not going to be very crowded. You have know, plenty of space. Good thing to take the kids to. Um, and with that, let's do a brief spring um, kind of update here. Malachi Hamrick, um, UNC. I mean, a big time, you know, pretty big time recruit, four star recruit, very productive player out of Shelby. He is out for the 2023 season uh, with a non-contact um, lower body injury that requires surgery. Don, you covered, you covered Malachi Hammer extensively. He was one of UNC's. I was kind of writing the story yesterday. I, I didn't didn't go back to look, but he, I think he was one of the first commits out of the 22 class.
1: Yes. Um and he I mean, committed during when we we were still kind of in pandemic sort of time as far as visiting and stuff.
0: Yeah. So he was a long time commit, never wavered, very productive, holds a Shelby sack record. Um, and this obviously affects UNC's depth on the edge. Um at the jack position. I talked about this last night on the beat, touch on it briefly here. Amari, Amari Gaynor, the Florida State transfer, likely starter there. You also have Cayman Rucker, who can play both um Jack and Power End will be there as well. But beyond those two guys, you know, you would look to Malachi Hammer as the next guy. Now mm-hmm. you have Gabe Stevens, you have two freshmen in J. Brown Harvey and Tyler Thompson. I don't think Tyler Thompson will be ready. Um to contribute. I'm not sure about J. Brown Harvey. Um, so it does impact depth. Now I don't think it impacts UNC's defense as a whole. He was probably gonna get somewhere between 10 to 20 snaps a game um as rucker and gainer split time there. Also yesterday, any any addition on that, Don?
1: No, I it's um unfortunate. Um God, that weird thing's happening. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate because um yeah, great kid. Um I talked to his mom a lot during his recruitment and great family. He has a great support system there in Shelby. Great player. But I think um the good thing if there is a good aspect of it this is that so he didn't redshirt last year and so he'll be able to use his redshirt this year. Although even if he redshirted last year, I'm sure medical. the NCAA would have gave him a medical, but it you know, he doesn't have to worry about that. He'll redshirt this year and he'll he'll be much better next year. I imagine um, that you guys probably don't know exactly what it is, but from what it sounds like something to do, you know, I, I guess I probably shouldn't speculate, but I mean, it, my my head does go to where it potentially could be. There's only a few things lower body that will keep you out for an entire year that, you know, already, you know, yeah. Dr. Callahan, no.
0: orthopedic surgeon. Um, yeah. I mean, you're, it, it sounds like something to do with the knee. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I, sucks, I mean, it hurts your development, hurts your growth, you can't lift as much, you 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 lose 9 months of of development. Um, you know, it, knee injuries um can be devastating for football careers. <laughs> on a positive yeah. note there. All right, uh, moving on, we also had a Clyde Christensen and Tom Ty- Ted Monacino um speak to us yesterday, two NFL veteran coaches as UNC staff, Clyde Christensen's worked with Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Um Jameis Winston, who's the Colts quarterback I'm missing from Stanford? uh, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. I mean, this guy has won Super Bowls for these guys, um, and he was very impressive. He's coming in as a volunteer assistant um, to work with the quarterbacks, work with Chip Lindsey on the offensive side of the ball. And then Ted Monachino, also an NFL veteran, uh, worked with numerous high profile uh, outside linebackers and edge rushers through his NFL career, multiple stops in NFL, both very impressive guys. Ted Monachino is, is listed as a senior defensive analyst. will be paid, um, whereas Clyde Christians volunteer. Um, and these are just advisors. They can't necessarily coach um, players on the field during practice or in the game, but they can be voices um, to the coaching staff in the meeting rooms. Listen, watch, make observations, make recommendations—all those good things. Any thoughts on on those two moves? Just in general, by by Coach Mac Brown, uh, heading into the 2023 season.
1: Yeah, so I know that they've had analysts in the past, and obviously, there's a lot of teams that have had a gazillion analysts. You know, Nick Saban is always criticized about how all the analysts he's had. Um, it's interesting that they made such a, um, I do don't want to say big deal—but like, you know, they definitely wanted everyone to know that they were making these hires. I, th- I thought that was interesting. For my purposes, you know, these guys are not going to be handling much or doing much with recruiting stuff other than the um, I guess there was no GAs that that you guys were dealing with um, so it really doesn't impact where my coverage, my beat, but you know, um, obviously adding these sort of guys to the staff is only going to help
0: Yeah, that's a good point, they, they definitely made a point to publicize these uh, you know, I don't think we've ever talked to analysts in yeah. an individual press conference they had a release, you know, they've, they've mentioned it in multiple press conferences and then had a big release for it last week. Um, and I think it's just an indication that Max going all in and trying to help, you know, the positions of need, areas of need, um, as much as he can. I mean, Ted Monacino coming in to work on the pass rush. I mean, he is brought in as a pass rush specialist working on and helping UNC's ed rush, edge rushers and jacks and helping Gene Chizik devise, you know, better um, – Schemes and plans to get after the quarterback and be a better defense. So uh, that's a huge thing, and I think it only helped Drake May on the quarterback side with with Christians coming in. Uh, just briefly, UNC also hired uh, or brought in four other staff members, uh, kind of younger guys, mostly Ty Greenwood as a defensive analyst uh, and DBs coach Jamal Let for special teams, working with Larry Porter, Jay Clements, who is Randy Clements' son, will be a. Um, I guess uh, an offensive They'll line learn. assistant, um, assistant coach type situation. And Cam Spence is also coming in. Played now, I, at remember,
1: Ohio, I remember Spence as a recruit.
0: Played at Ohio State, right? Or I played, thought at, played Ma- at Maryland. Ma- played at Maryland was at coached Ohio State. At Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. Um, played I at think. Maryland two seasons before medically retiring, and then um, been coaching independently. Uh, student assistant at Maryland, worked at Miami and Ohio State before moving on to Chapel Hill. Um, so he's coming in to work with the defensive line. So, it, you know, it helps to have multiple eyes and ears in that room as well. All right, moving on, Don. Let's get into the recruiting portion of the show. First, I want to talk to you about Johnny T-Shirt and johnnytshirt.com, your one-stop shop for all your UNC apparel needs. Uh, right on Franklin Street, and online at johnnytshirt.com. Uh, if you're getting UNC stuff, T-Shirts. Hats, sweatshirts, polos, uh, tailgating gear, gifts. Go to Johnny T-Shirt, JohnnyT-shirt.com. Remember, all Inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off uh, your order at Johnny T-Shirt with the code found on the two premium best sports on Inside Carolina. Great time to join Inside Carolina. Don's recruiting scoop. Shirell's recruiting Intel on the basketball side of things. It's been unbelievable. I talked about it a lot on on the beat last night. Shirell stuff has been really Really interesting and, and really intriguing here um, as UNC's basketball roster gets figured out and they start delving to the transfer portal. But Don always bringing it as well with the weekly scoops and the recruiting news here, especially June and July, right? Big time coming up football recruiting. Yeah. Check it out. Johnny T-shirt, Johnny T shirt.com. We'll have a couple of national ads. We'll be right back with more of the scoop featuring Don, Donnie Callahan. Um featuring Don. Donnie Scoops Callahan. We'll be right back. All right, we are back with more scoop, rapid-fire situation here as we move through, uh, you know, a lot of the 2024 class. All right, Don, last show we talked about Davion Gaze, running back. Geis? I think it's Geis. Bullet Geis? Yeah, call him Bullet, I guess. Yeah, so we we talked about him in the last show. You know, he committed to UNC like a couple hours after we wrapped up um, taping for the show, and then later that night, UNC got a commitment from 2024 athlete Khalil Conley from Christ School. Um, you know, a recruit that I think you expected to at some point commit to UNC, six foot 170, 7 sports, three star, um, prospect. You know, not super high ranked, number 783 in the nation, number 84 athlete. And you expect him to play what cornerback or nickel?
1: hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, cornerback or nickel, most and likely it- nickel, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. And from Asheville, from Christ School, briefly go into how his recruitment and commitment happened him as a player. And we'll move on from there.
1: So, I mean, basically North Carolina offered him in January. They really liked him early on. Um, Let me take a step back. The one thing, interesting thing with him, which I don't think it's talked about a lot is that he actually reclassified. He um, was supposed to be a 2020, yeah, 2023 prospect He was a quarterback uh, at, uh, you know, a running quarterback, basically, for Asheville High School. And then prior, basically a year ago, which was heading into his senior season, didn't like the options that he was seeing as far as recruiting was concerned. Him and his dad decided to have him transfer to Christ School, which is just outside of Asheville, um, and then reclassify, which is an option that, that, that some of these private schools do offer to this class. Once he got there, he began as a wide receiver but or he came in as a wide receiver. And then they actually um, – some of the coaches at Christ School said, hey, let's try this kid out at DB and, and eventually ended up starting both ways for Christ School. Uh, so he's a guy who kind of fits the mold of of what Charlton Warren likes in his DBs, You know, kids who excel on offense, who are playmakers on offense. You look at like Caleb Cost is a great example – You know, that UNC signed with the last class, a a big time baseball player who'll play on the baseball team at UNC could potentially be drafted also, but also was a leading receiver for his, um, his high school, which is one of the better schools in that, that Atlanta area. That's the same sort of um, mold that um, Charles Warren likes to look at. And what you'll see with Connolly is a kid who definitely a very good DB, but he's a great return man. He's also a very good receiver, so he's just a well-rounded – he's just an athlete, a ball player. And um, Warren likes those sort of guys and then likes to kind of see where they fit in best within his secondary. So is this a player – did did he – just go little background here. He
0: went to public school at Ash, Asheville School? Asheville. Asheville High School. Asheville High School, and then I guess kind of got recruited to play for Christ. Is that kind of how it worked?
1: Well, I don't know if – he was recruited. That That's like one of those things that uh, the, these schools like Christ School deal with that negative, I guess, connotations for them that they got to always battle. Um, from what Khalil told me was it was a decision that him and his father had made. Okay. Um, you just they, they felt like they, they were he was getting some looks. He's playing out of position. He's playing quarterback. He's not a quarterback, but he was getting some looks for quarterback his best bet probably would have been like a, a school that runs like the triple option. And there's not a whole lot of those, especially at the high level. And so, um, and so basically they decided to, Hey, let's, let's do this. Let's go to Christ school. Let's reclassify and let's see what the options are from there. And then and it ended up working out for them. And something that we see actually, you know, Sherelle, I'm sure could talk about a lot in, in basketball guys, reclassify reclassifies like crazy. It doesn't happen so much in football, but it does. And this is one of those uh, those examples. Well, reclassifying can happen both ways, right? Yes, yes. He, Typically, he... <laughs> it happens back,
0: though. But yes. Well, I feel like in basketball, some guys reclassify and enroll early, a year early. But
1: yeah, yeah, it happens. But I mean, I think um, you'd be you'd be surprised by when you kind of look back and, and find out that these that a lot of these guys are actually older, a year older than their class. Yeah, so it could, be, could have been
0: held back in elementary school or something like that, too.
1: Well, I mean, usually it's actually done on purpose. And yeah. usually it's, you know, nowadays it's actually done before they get to high school, you know, so that they could, so they don't have, so they can avoid the issues for, you know, it, and still go to a public school.
0: Yeah. And they're one year more physically mature when they get yes. to high school or whatever. So that's the situation here with Khalil Conley. He joins UNC's 2023 class. You know, you don't, you don't see many mountain, you know, you, uh, North Carolina Mountain, Asheville area recruits um, join UNC's recruiting class. So it's just good to see an Asheville kid uh, there. And so UNC now has five commitments. Cleo Conley, this is in um, reverse order of their ranking. Cleo Conley, Desmond Jackson, Evan Bennett, Andrew Rosinski, and Davion
1: Gaze. Nice. Gaze. Nice i don't know it? and then once i kind of get messed up with it i i just i don't know yeah and guess what, what? everyone's ranked now yeah well two four seven they finally are taking a long time they finally updated their rankings yesterday well when which was today tuesday, tuesday. they have tuesday today's wednesday today's wednesday we're recording wednesday morning
0: yeah so everybody complaining that UNC didn't have any ranked you know prospects um 247 7 sports has gone in and ranked everybody. Um, so they at least have a 24-7 sports ranking, which also gives them a composite ranking. I'm not sure how many different um, rankings are involved in the composite there. But, yeah, you see Evan Bennett now with a ranking. Desmond Jacksons with a ranking. Andrew Rosinski, um, you know, is ranked 501 in the nation. And then their highest commit is the running back, Davion. Guy Skays, we need to figure that out, um, is a 24-7 sports composite four-star guy. All right, Don, moving on. The quarterback situation. Um, I want you to give us a a brief overview of of the situation right now at quarterback. You know, this is something we'll always talk about. The highest profile position for college football. um, And so that, you know, makes the highest profile position for football recruiting. Uh, Obviously, I read some of your scoop and it talked about Jake Merklinger, the Georgia prospect, uh, visiting UNC and, and broke down his recruitment a little bit. Can you give us uh, what's going on with UNC's quarterback situation? How do you, how you see it breaking down? And then specifically, Merklinger, uh, which seems like the guy that UNC is, is focusing on. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah. So I think that, you know, they have, well, right now there's three quarterbacks who have UNC offers who have not committed anywhere. And that's Jake Merklinger, who you mentioned, Jay Davis, who's a quarterback out of Charlotte, we've talked about a bunch. Uh, KJ Jackson from Alabama is another guy that he actually visited in January that UNC is recruiting. Um, and um, Daniel uh, Keelan, who actually visited earlier in the month, he, he committed to Missouri. And mostly that was because North Carolina hinted at that they could not take his commitment at this point and that he would have to kind of wait. and And this kind of gets to your question, is that they're waiting to see what, Merklinger or Jaden Davis wants to do. I think though Jaden Davis situation continues is is back towards trending away from North Carolina towards Michigan. Yeah, he visited Michigan over the weekend. There hasn't been a whole lot uh, Will Fong did have a story out, but it's it's just kind of the same generic sort of stuff, visit went great sort of thing. Um and it was with his with with um Jaden Davis's dad. So, you kind of have to, you know, there's not a whole lot there. But um Merklinger uh, it, he he made a major visit this past weekend, visited Georgia. I feel like there was another visit in there for him too this past weekend. but um he has a couple more visits coming up and then we'll the the his hope is to make a decision in April if he doesn't feel right at that point. he'll take some official visits to help him make a decision. But North Carolina feels like, not necessarily that they're going to get him but that they that they have a good enough chance to where they're willing to wait it out and if they they do miss on him there's still the outside chance with Jaden Davis and then you also have KJ Jackson still in there and and they could expand the board if that's necessary too
0: So what's going on with Merklinger in terms of his like how he's how he's going through it What do you mean? Like who his top
1: schools? Did you go through that already? Well, yeah. Sorry. So his his the main schools that he he's never he's not a big media guy, uh, but um, his main schools. So he has not announced like a, a firm list, but the main schools he's looking at North Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Michigan State and Virginia Tech. And huh. so um, you look at that and it naturally you're, you know. If you're being if you're looking at this objectively, you're like, OK, Georgia, Georgia kid. Georgia won the last two national yeah. championships. Tennessee does really well in you know, recruiting Georgia, you know, especially with the way their offense looked last year. SEC um, school. SEC school. Georgia's the heart of SEC country. So um, but you know, a lot of people I talk to feel like he so Georgia has a quarterback commit already from a kid from um Connecticut, four-star guy. And a lot of people Believe that Merklinger does not want to be a part of a two quarterback class, and that will um, exclude or eliminate Georgia. But he's still visiting. And the other, other um, aspect of this is that his mom is a Georgia alum, so that factors in a little bit. But they're not, from my understanding, and I don't like hang out with the family. But my my feeling is they're not like a huge bulldog family. Yeah. Um. Maybe I'm completely wrong, and he ends up committing to Georgia in like two days. Who knows? But um. But yeah, and then with Tennessee, the feeling, just kind of talking to a lot of different people, is they they probably a little bit stronger position than than Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, this visit this past weekend could change any of that. So a lot of the, these conversations occurred before this weekend, but um. The. Deterrent with Tennessee is they they signed that um, Nico Amaliva, who is a five star kid who you know it, either famously or infamously you know depending on how you see it, um, <laughs> signed this massive nil yeah. deal. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of pressure to play that kid, regardless of how good or bad he is, just because of the money that's involved there. So actually, a lot of people say, hey don't discount Michigan state. He's, he's going to visit. He has a visit scheduled to Michigan state. I think in like a week or so, I don't have, I don't have it in front of me, but um, he's already been there like five times, which is a lot considering he's a Georgia kid going up to Michigan state. I believe he has some family up there, which is what the connection is. And if you look at what Michigan state has done the past couple of years, they've recruited really well. And a lot of it is because they, they have, um, really done a great job with handling the nil stuff mm-hmm. um you know former unc offensive line coach coach cap uh, is up there um but and they and they've done well they didn't do so well in the field last year but they've done well recruiting wise though
0: yeah okay a lot of information there um jake merklinger let me go through his bio six foot two and a half, one ninety five. 195 high ranked kid 24 7 sports composite four-star kid Number fifty-five in the nation, number six quarterback, number nine Georgia recruit, and those quickly here. It's between him, what Jaden Davis, KJ Jackson. Were those the top three?
1: Yeah, those were the those are the only three
0: realistic targets right now.
1: Those are the three that have UNC offers who have not committed anywhere else. Okay, um, and so it seems like
0: Merklinger UNC is doing the best with. Um, he's a high rank guy, and there's
1: mutual interest there as well. So certainly something to to watch. I, where, I mean, I, th- I, I think, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I'll just, I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. I just, go ahead. Where do you think Merklinger ends up committing? I don't know. I really think it could go any four directions. I'm, you know, a lot of people are, are kind of eliminating Georgia, but I mean, I, I don't see how you can do that realistically. You know, a kid from Georgia, he's still visiting Georgia. You know, I, I get the fact that that they have a, they have something to overcome those things can easily be overcome with some good recruiting, good persuading. I mean, you easily say to the kid, Hey, this kid's from Connecticut. You're from Georgia. If, if all things are equal, who are we playing? We're playing a kid from Georgia. You know, so you can easily kind of um, talk him and his family into being more comfortable. The, the other thing with Georgia is that their uh, depth chart, will, many people believe will open up because um, they're having a quarterback competition right now. Mm-hmm. And that once that begins to settle, I mean, I was talking to um, Rusty Manzel, who covers Georgia for uh, for Two Four Seven Sports, and um, he he anticipates that they'll probably lose one guy to the transfer portal after the spring, and as the the um, the quarterback battle continues, they'll probably lose another, and that would leave them, I think, with just two scholarship quarterbacks, which leaves, which leaves a lot of opportunity um, there for whoever is signing, even if it is part of a two uh, two quarterback class, which you if you lay that out and you're a really good salesman and Georgia has a really good recruiting staff you know um uh, all that all that's to say is that I don't I I don't know this kid could, <laughs> I it wouldn't shock me if he goes to North Carolina it wouldn't shock me if tomorrow um there is a tweet out that he's committed to Georgia and I I wouldn't it wouldn't shock me with Michigan State or Tennessee either
0: yeah the Georgia guy that's committed to Ryan Huglisi from Avon Farms Avon Old Farms in Connecticut I mean Merklinger's ranked higher than him. Not that rankings matter that much, especially, you know, talking, you know, 144 versus 50 range. But interesting breakdown there. Good perspective from Don, as always, on UNC's quarterback situation and Merklinger's uh, recruiting situation there. So um, certainly something to follow there as UNC pursues its quarterback commitment for the 20 for the 24 class. All right, moving on here, Don. I'm going to give you four names. I want a, you know, brief you know, a yeah. couple lines on each guy just kind of as an, as an update. I uh, think there's a couple intriguing intriguing uh, names here that, that we need updates on. Okay. Yes. Rapid fire. All right. Jonathan Payler from Alamance County, uh, Burlington Cummings, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's going on with him right now? Uh, there was a brief scoop on him in one of your scoops from last week.
1: Yeah. So we ran a story on him following his visit to North Carolina earlier this month. Um In that, and this you have in your notes, is that he does not intend on taking official visits to nearby schools. And so the one thing that I've mentioned is that we don't have a whole lot of like theorems or proof, you know, like uh, laws of recruiting that we could follow just because of the nature of it. But one of, it's not foolproof whatsoever, but one of the things that, that I always lean on is the official visit. You know, if, if a kid doesn't officially visit a school, I don't know what the odds are, but they're significantly lower that the kid does not end up at the school. Okay. And I've been doing this a long time. There's tons of kids fall into to, to paler situation where they say, Local school, no need to take an official visit. And one or two things happen. They either somehow something happens and they end up taking that official to the school, or they don't end up at that school. And the, other than the COVID year where visits were um, were not permitted, there have only been two guys that I've covered that um, signed with North Carolina who did not take an official visit. One of those is chaserat And if you remember, he had planned on playing basketball his senior season. So he didn't take his official visit earlier in the season, but he had hurt his arm in December. And since he couldn't play basketball, he decided the last minute to enroll early, and that's why he didn't take his official visit. Yes. The other one is Delvon Simmons. Do you remember Delvon Simmons? It was this, this probably before your time covering? Correct. Do not do not remember him yet. Okay, so he was a defensive lineman, four-star defensive lineman. This is a John Blake re- recruit. Took a couple of visits to North Carolina, liked it. There was another D lineman at the school too. Um, again, from Pennsylvania, took official visits to five other schools came down to his recruitment, just didn't like them, and ended up liking North Carolina, signed with North Carolina, did not end up at North Carolina. So those are the circumstances we're looking at. Otherwise, mm-hmm. everyone else has taken official visit to North Carolina at some point. So all that to say, official visit is important. Um, and,
0: and Jonathan Paylor is decided, I mean, this is not, he could end up changing it, right? Yeah. Um, he is, he is, I, I he expect is... him to change this really okay so he has he has told you that right now unc is not on his official visit list he is
1: dead yeah north carolina nc state and i think also south carolina um or no i think no he actually has official schedule with south carolina so it's just north carolina nc state now north carolina go go say again what did you say which schools have official visits so he has scheduled let me pull this up to to give um he has scheduled official visits with clemson and south carolina so okay. he's going. He scheduled Clemson on the weekend of June second. South Carolina has that last official visit, June twenty third, and he in, anticipates giving the other official visits to Alabama, Colorado, and I can't remember what. I think the other one is Florida. I think, I think that's what it is. But he does not at this moment does not intend on giving officials to NC State, North Carolina. Okay. If that holds, North Carolina plans on having some sort of unofficial visit that's basically like an official visit. It won't cost him all that much because he, he lives what how far is Burlington from Chapel Hill? Thirty is it, minutes. What, Thirty minutes. And um he can go home if he really wanted to. But I'm sure you know they'll pay for the hotel, whatever. Now, I talked to some people close to him. They don't think he's gonna go very far. Um they think he's gonna stay in the Carolinas, whether that be South Carolina or North Carolina. And so, um, you know, he more than likely will decide, Hey, that's the case. So let me use these officials on NC state, North Carolina. That's my, that's, my, and so that's kind of what I think, but you know, instead of,
0: instead of Colorado, Florida.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, this he's never been on an airplane before. So you're going to tell me, I mean, yeah. stranger things, strange things happen. We're dealing with high school kids. They make irrational decisions. All the time, we see it every single year. Yeah. But it wouldn't make logical sense for a kid who's never been on it on an airport, a, a, um, an airplane. For a kid who hasn't been able to travel, he goes to places all the time, but hasn't been able to travel really far to all of a sudden go to school in Colorado. Even Alabama's would be really far for him to go to school, and that's what a lot of the people who are close to him say. Hey, this is not a kid who, at the end of the day, it would make a whole lot of sense for him to go too far away from family. Whew, you're bringing it. You brought it on paler. That was yeah. good. Too <laughs> so right, much for a quick hitter.
0: Yeah, 5'9", 170, 7 sports composite, four-star kid, 173 in the nation, 14-ranked athlete number three, ranked prospect at the state of North Carolina. Quickly, Don, I mean, you have it here, South Carolina, Alabama, Clemson, NC State, and North Carolina, all with warm or favorite. South Carolina is listed as a favorite. Why is South Carolina such – why
1: does he like them so much? What's going on there? Briefly. So I, I I asked him about it, and he says they've been recruiting him really hard, harder than any, any other school. Okay. So you and know, they got, I mean, they got a the momentum. I think. I think so they, they have a, they look. have a ton of momentum. They're doing really well on the recruiting trail. I know UNC fans are probably like, "What what is going on here? This doesn't make any sense." They're an SEC school. Beamer has a lot of he has the the, the momentum that Mac Brown had a couple of years ago. Beamer has a lot of that now.
0: And he's young, hip. Yep. Um, Does all a, the
1: corny things on Twitter. I think
0: Beamer is the kind of coach that a little tangent here Beamer's kind of coach I think UNC needs in its next coach a young 40s you know kind of understands the world of you know the the new world of not not just social media because that's not as important but just like a younger guy can relate to the new young up-and-coming alums um he's not some dinosaur um you know and and Beamer, I believe, was a special teams guy. You know, kind of more of the CEO, obviously, as well. I think that could be the kind of the target that UNC should go after if if that exists out there. You know, very likable. It seems. Um, I don't know. I've really liked Beamer. What's his
1: first name? Shane.
0: Shane. Yeah. Odd name. I've never named my kids Shane. All due <laughs> respect. Um, all due respect. All right. You
1: didn't, you didn't like Tad either. That name. Yeah. Yeah. Tad, that's kind of like a. When you're gonna have kids, that's the bigger question, not what you're gonna name
0: them. God only knows. I'm gonna name my first son Rivers. You should name it Don. (laughs) Don's a solid name. After our name after our president, our former president. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Actually, stop there. We can't get into politics.
1: Yeah, we get a lot of messages. Anyway.
0: All right, moving um... on. Okay, next name. Ready?
1: Yeah, I'll be quicker with this one.
0: All right, Zion Ferguson. Now, we have not talked about him, to my knowledge, but I've been seeing his name pop up a lot. Six-foot, 161, from Gainesville, Georgia, um, 24-7 sports, composite, four-star prospect, Two ninety six in the nation, 22-ranked cornerback, 38-ranked player in Georgia. Now, he is a LSU commit. Don? Yes.
1: What's going yes. on? Yes. So he took a gazillion visits. Not gazillion, He took a lot of visits last offseason and then committed to LSU in September. And f- the best of my knowledge, did not make any visits all last season. And then he visits North Carolina earlier this year. Um, that visit, you know what you got to get if you went on that visit to North Carolina? When was this? This was earlier this, this month. It was the Duke uh, game? The Duke basketball game. yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, his family, um his grandmother lives in Durham. Family are actually they're they're Duke fans. Um, so you can imagine that um that had to play a big factor. He as far as I know, he has not visited anywhere else besides North Carolina and he went back to lSU last weekend. Uh, you know, he was in my conversation with him, he was non-committal really on he would i should I should say non-committal. He would not he kind of danced around the question about whether he would return to North Carolina unofficially or officially. But, um, you know, from my understanding, he, he, he was a little bit more firm with intentions on getting back to North Carolina when he, when he spoke to UNC's coaches. Um, I just kind of, unless he's, until he schedules an official visit, I still am on in the group that believes that he only took that visit so he can get a free ticket to the UNC Duke basketball game. I'm sure he loved it. Um but um you can go and see grandma, go go bring a couple of family members to a UNC Duke basketball game and then explain to LSU, "Hey, look, you know, they gave me free tickets to UNC Duke." <laughs> and I uh, and I returned to your campus a week later. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So He's wearing a UNC um
0: old school kind of jacket in the photo you have of him. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
0: The kind of odd deal. He's visited UNC a bunch and LSU commitment anywhere else he's visited.
1: So he's only. All right. So as far as I know, since committing to LSU, he's only visited North Carolina. And that's it. Just that one time this past uh, earlier this month. Okay. I see him with a tweeted an offer from Arizona. Yeah. With
0: him with an Arizona flag and Jersey.
1: Yeah. I don't know if that was a reason. I don't believe that's a recent visit, but it could be.
0: Okay. All right, moving on. Uh, I don't even know if this guy is worth talking about. Brody Barnhart. I don't know why. That's <laughs> so funny.
1: Is that why did I write that down? I mean, um, well, first, first question: Would you name your your kid Brody? I don't think so. Okay. Well, and
0: look, I'll say this: you know, naming a kid is a is a two way decision. You know,
1: it's right. not it's not your own
0: decision. You have to check with your spouse your, or partner.
1: That's right. That's probably so, one of the most difficult decisions. Anyone who's ever gone through that
0: Naming um, your kid?
1: Yeah. We got we got threatened that we were gonna have to stay in the hospital for an extra night if we didn't have a name by, by noon. This is your son? No, my, your my daughter, daughter. daughter. What'd yeah. you name her? Rihanna Lynn. Rihanna Lynn Callahan. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Now one of the, um, the right, best so, now one of the best women's basketball players and in-
1: <laughs> yeah, in, uh, sub- suburbia. She she's starting on the JV lacrosse team now. Before she barely plays. She got her all her athleticism from her father. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. Anyway, um, so the reason why you have him on there because he came out with a top three in December, which was Virginia Tech, West Virginia, and NC State. Obviously, North Carolina is excluded. He's another one who visited for that um, basketball game, the UNC Duke basketball game. I think this is a little bit different of a situation. Um, I think he has a legitimate interest in North Carolina. Um, I, I anticipate him coming back. But I do think that there are other schools that are ahead of UNC because of, you know, he, he, yeah, I I think he his personality kind of fits some of these other schools. I mean, you look at them, the Virginia Tech, NC State, West Virginia. Those are schools. Their um, atmospheres, their their fan bases, those sort of things. Kind of. I mean, am I wrong in in saying that those schools kind of match in a way?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. West Virginia, Virginia Tech, State. Yeah. Uh, so yes, yeah, six foot safety, one hundred eighty pounds, out of Providence Day School in Charlotte. Uh, a safety target, twenty four seven sports composite three star kid. Yeah, I just I just wrote his name down. I thought it was interesting. Uh,
1: yeah, the very... the most interesting. So so his team um, has Jaden Davis five star. Yes, two receivers that are four star, Channing Goodwin and uh, Jordan Chip has um, and those are twenty four kids. It has a twenty five, David Sanders, who's a five star. We have him. I don't know. Uh, well, we have him as the number one player in the twenty twenty five class. Uh-huh. But. I'll tell you this, and I believe his head coach would agree with me, um, Brody's a way better high school player than all those guys. Really? And it wouldn't surprise me if he, he just doesn't have the, the you know, the measurables that those guys have, but it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up having, you know, um, the rankings would suggest he would have the worst career compared to those other guys. I, I would, I expect him to have better career than at least a couple of them. I don't know which ones, but I just, he's just one of those work hard, over you know over cheaper sort of kids
0: okay all right let's move on um as we kind of close out this show your last two weekly scoops um have focused on different position groups and so i want you to w- w- briefly go here go yeah. through them and kind of close out this show um i'm gonna pull them up here uh you've been doing this you know off and on here for i guess the last couple of months is looking at a position Um, Mm -hmm. and then looking at where UNC is depth chart wise, and then how many they're going to add potentially in the 24 class. And then what are the key names there? Is that, is that accurate? Yes. Okay. So let's start with defensive line. All right. All right. I'm ready. Pulling it up here. So, um, and this includes Jack's power ends and then tier linemen. How do you want to go about this? I mean, there's just the, well, let me, all right. So why don't we,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I I did a really quick sort of, I don't cover, I don't know the team as well as you do, and so I kind of just laid out the the scholarship situation, from what you've seen. What what does the defensive line look like? What did you? I mean, you saw all practice. <laughs> I mean, give me all right, who who do you think the starters are going to be? Let's start there. Um,
0: probably Kevin Hester, um, Miles Murphy in the interior, um. On the edge, probably I would say Desmond Evans. Oh, probably Javari Ritzy. Um, and then and then Amari Gaynor. Now I could see Travis Shaw splitting time equally with Kevin Hester. And I could see Desmond Evans splitting time equally with Javari Ritzy. I could also see Ritzy moving inside some as well to the three technique. And then Tamari Fox kind of the wild card there. News out of yesterday was Tamari Fox is, is healthy and a full participant now. Um, and then in Rucker. I mean, he can play end and he can play. So those are the names there. The names are lo- the two deep. Gainer, Rucker, Evans, Ritzy. Um, probably probably something like Fox and Murphy and then Hester and Shaw.
1: So there's, if you read inside Caroline's message, board, there's a lot of critiques of the defensive line play. Do you think it improves? Because what you're naming there, a lot of, a lot of, Players that we know pretty well who have some potential.
0: I think it should improve with everyone I mentioned uh, as, you know, two or three years experience. They're adding in a um, new coach and Ted Monachino. Uh, everyone's more experienced. A couple guys coming off injuries. And I think the big thing is Travis Shaw, year two in the middle there, along with uh, more experience with Murphy and Ritzine and Evans, who are coming off, you know, either multiple years or full years as starters.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, um, recruiting wise, I think this can go in a lot of different directions. I would have, if I had to put together a mock class today, I would have probably the most difficulty with the defensive line because of, there's just a lot of guys who've only made like a single visit to North Carolina. Um, and, a lot of those have been very very positive feedbacks sort of thing and so you'd want to see who's going to return who's going to give an official visit a lot of these guys have have basically said they're going to return for official visits you know um you know DeAndre Cook is a name to remember uh, of course Caden Jones who most schools are recruiting as a linebacker but UNC likes him at the jack position he's one of the few Jacks that, that UNC is really kind of pursuing just because they, they feel like they, they like the the depth there at the Jack position. Um, You know, Cole Mullins hasn't visited yet, but UNC likes him a lot. He's another Jack guy, but could play linebacker could play. He's more of like a, I guess like a jumbo athlete is a term that we don't use too much anymore, but used to be used way back. Uh, Mm -hmm. Peter Pazanski is a kid that we wrote about, I believe earlier in the week you know, a kid from Florida, but has lived all over the country, including Northern Virginia, and and is actually most of the schools he's looking at are in um, North Carolina. So UNC has a great shot with him, I think. Okay. Uh, First, so let's go to this. How many do you think they take? We're just listening to these names, the games I've never
0: heard of. Let's yeah. go briefly, then we'll kind of get out of this. I don't know if this segment is, is evolving it's, the way we thought it's it not inter-
1: It's not holding yeah, your Well, it's two different things. We're
0: talking about depth chart, and then we're talking about recruits. So how many do you think UNC takes um, in the 2024 class? I mean, jacks, how many jacks, and how many, um, I guess, power-ins, and how many interior linemen? We're talking about three different positions here.
1: So I think that, so UNC has signed four D linemen in the past three classes. I think that's a pretty good number to kind of use as your basis. And I think that, now that does not include, um, or yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll include the Jack position with that. So I think that's a good number, give or take situation dependent. I don't think that they are super, like they really want to Jack, you know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. But obviously they love, um, what's his name? Uh, I just mentioned um, uh, uh, Caden Caden Jones. Jones. And and that Mullins kid who I mentioned, they really like those guys. And so obviously if they can land them, they'll, they'll take them sort of thing. But I think if they miss on them and another you know, elite jack doesn't kind of appear, they'll be comfortable not taking any, but obviously they need some, some um, interior D linemen and power ends. And so I think, I think four is a good number to kind of focus in on.
0: Okay. So potentially one jack. And if not, you know, at least one power in one interior, and then probably, you know, maybe a power in that could grow into an interior. situation. The other thing I'm going to throw out there
1: um, that, um, well, I'll, I'll just leave it. I'll leave it. I have not reported it yet, and I don't want, you know. Okay.
0: Okay, so defensive line is confusing to kind of figure out right now. Um, You know, they're not really leading, I would say, for any of these guys. Is that fair?
1: Like, they're not really deeply in on any of these targets. Yeah, I think that the issue, like, there's been a lot of positive feedback. But most of that positive feedback has been from guys who have only visited once. And I'm a big, you know, watching the visit sort of person. And so I want to see a second visit to kind of get a feel okay
0: let's move on to the linebackers i think this is a little okay. bit more cut a little clearer here
1: yeah no this is definitely very <laughs> clear
0: so um let's the depth chart thing i mean i think what's important here is that i mean i i kind of just didn't even i didn't not know this but Patrick Gray for seasons of eligibility i mean people were thinking he could leave after last year after a big 2022 season he's obviously back for 23 he'd come back for 24 because of the covid year mm-hmm so you have a um, you have a situation where everybody on the roster could stay for at least two more years. So not lose anybody for potentially only two seasons, which is why they're only going to take, is that only take
1: two in this class? So they have one committed, Evan Bennett, which you talked about already. If If that was the only one that they signed, they'd be fine with it. And the reason being is that they have, what, one, two, three, four, five guys who have, who head into this season with three or more years of eligibility remaining. So that's that's pretty good depth for basically two positions. Okay? If you, the two guys who don't fall in that category are Cedric Gray and Power Eccles, who both have, you know, will have an extra year if they wanted it after this season. If either one of them leave, they're starters, so we're Where's a good spot for you to go? The transfer portal. You're supposed to say it's transfer portal. Oh,
0: well, I was thinking the opposite. Like so these kids might leave for the transfer portal.
1: Yeah, I mean that's always always the possibility too. But I think, I think it- what is looking like is like, let's just take this position. If North Carolina loses Gray or Eccles, I think they will definitely look heavy into the transfer portal for those guys. But if they were to lose two other Two underclassmen. I think that they would just try to fill those those scholarships with high school kids, if that makes sense.
0: Okay. And the and the two targets they have remaining: Cruz Law out of Nashville, Tennessee; mm-hmm. Ashton Woods. What are they, look at these names, man. There's out of Central Casting for high school linebackers. Out of uh, <laughs> Ashton Woods, out of Marietta, Georgia, um, along with the already committed Evan Bennett. You think they're going to take one, maybe two? I think they, definitely they take could two, take right?
1: one, they could take two, or they could take three. I think that if 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 um Cruz Law wanted to commit and Ashton Woods wanted to commit, North Carolina would take both of those guys. If one of them, they would they would take one. If neither one of them barring something happening with the roster, they would they would be fine with just Evan Bennett, if that makes sense. I must really like Evan Bennett. It must.
0: To, he got to gotta actually,
1: his... I think um, 247 gave him a surprisingly high. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Just to um,
0: take him so early, you know, knowing that I'm going to take potentially one or two. Uh,
1: 247 gave him an 87 rating, which is, I don't know if I would I would have gone that high. I might saying he's a bad player, but, you know. Yeah. Got my hair is so freaking high today.
0: Um. Okay. Cruz Law, Ashton Woods, anything about those guys? I mean, Cruz Speaking... Law, no, I... Speaking Correctly.
1: of hair, these linebackers, all three of them have great hair. Yeah. I just want to point that out. Yeah.
0: Um, anything to know about these guys in particular? I mean, Cruz Law, I've seen his name a bunch. I mean, it's...
1: Yeah, so Cruz Law has developed a pretty good relationship with um, Evan Bennett because they have coincidentally visited North Carolina on each of their visits, um, I think three three times, have all been together, even though they don't know each other beforehand. Um, so they developed a, re- a relationship Um you know, Ashton Woods has visited North Carolina four times, which I think is significant. Woods has already scheduled his official visit to UNC. Law um, intends on scheduling one also. So, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't know if I would would say that North Carolina will land both, but UNC has a really good chance with both kids. Okay, good stuff. Yeah, those names are great.
0: Cruz Law, I mean, it's like, if you like fraternity names or, you know, middle linebackers from the South, Cruz Law, Ashton Woods. All right that's nice, right. that's the analysis you get here on the scoop podcast guys that was i know that was a little bit all over the place um that's kind of how it is man there's not there's not one specific thing we had to talk about today it was just kind of putting together a lot of different ideas and you know some segments you know maybe not our best some segments were were great um i thought some really good talk there on paler and and merklinger um as we kind of figure out the 24 class and look there's not many there's not a lot of going on in 24 class right now. They have five commitments. There's not a lot of momentum. You know, we're not expecting some big decision coming out here. So that's kind of what you get. We'll be back in two more weeks with more of, of the scoop here featuring Don Callahan. Anything else to add, Don, before we get out of here? Nope. All right, guys. Enjoy the basketball this weekend and we will um talk to you next time.